and welcome to the Q York podcast, brought to you from our local church in the beautiful city of York in the UK. The message you're about to hear is from one of our services, which also feature great live music and relevant movie clips. These can all be found on our blog, so to make sure you're getting the full experience, feel free to head over to qyork.co.uk and select blog to find the relevant content. There's also a huge selection of talks and live music videos on our media page, as well as a donate button if you'd like to show your appreciation and enable us to keep producing free content like this. Finally, to stay up to date on new blogs and events at Q, you can sign up for emails by filling in your name and email address at the bottom of any page on the website. But right now, it's time for the message. Good morning. Oh, I haven't been up here for a while. I can't see anything. <laughs> That's blinding. Blind. It's very bright this morning. Anyway, welcome and thank you for coming. I know it's sunny out. There would have been other things you could have done first thing this morning. So it's really nice that you're here. Um, this week is a collaboration week and... Um, we've had those before, it's where a few of the different people get up and say something, um, and so you've got some different voices this morning, um, and we're all talking about the things that have inspired us over the past few weeks, three weeks, four weeks, maybe beyond that, we'll see, um, and ju just bringing that to you to just remind you of some of the stuff that's been talked about, and um, when we were chatting about what, and what we were going to say and what I might bring, all I kept thinking about was the thing that had really inspired me over the past few weeks wasn't necessarily just the content of each week, but actually it was some of the things that were mentioned in terms of how inclusive we are as a community of people. And, um, and I was thinking back to all the different weeks, and I kept thinking, well, there's, there's so much been said, but Joel and Hannah getting up here and doing their thing, we're talking about the sort of two different backgrounds and cultures and, and sort of debating what that means for each of us. Um, it's so inclusive. And then Jenny got up and she started talking about her hypothesis. She was like, this is just a hypothesis. And I kept thinking, well, that's brilliant because what that means is we don't all have to agree on that. That it's just where she's at. And then last week, Rob got up and he talked about well, actually, he specifically said how amazing it is that as a community we can disagree but still be together. But he also said quite frequently and has in his other talks, he says um, an opinion warning, which suggests that actually he's not standing up here saying this is the truth, we've all got to believe it, but actually this is where he's got to in his journey. And when we sort of start to think about each of our own journeys, we're all at different places in that, but yet we can exist together as a community. And I was thinking about how unique that is, that we can exist, disagree, and still be together and love and be kind to each other. And um, I was thinking, actually, I've been in lots of environments in my life where that can't happen, not just in church. So some examples of that might be, if anybody's ever had a different political opinion of some, than somebody they worked with, it comes to voting time and everyone's going, are you, you going to go and vote? You're going to go and vote. But you don't dare say who you're voting for in case it's different than the person that sits at the desk opposite you. Or they're very opinionated about who they vote for and you know, and you know that you're not voting for the same person. And so it becomes very awkward and you don't dare do that. The other place that this happens very, very regularly is in toddler groups. If any has been a mother and has turned up to a toddler group and has had a difference of opinion and how you should parent a child. Sometimes you want to say something. Sometimes you definitely have to 
to keep your mouth shut. And I've just re-entered that world and I'd forgotten how awful it was um, and how uninclusive it can be at times. Everybody goes, welcome, welcome to this mum's group. It's a lovely place to be. Oh, you're doing that, are you? Oh, oh are you breastfeeding? Yes, oh, okay, that's great. So that's another place where suddenly it stops being inclusive. The other time I've noticed more recently that happens is, has anybody got an elder relative who they've tried to upgrade to some sort of technology? and convince them that it's a better idea. Well, it, it, yeah, it doesn't always happen. I, I've, I've learned that it has to be their idea. That's the first thing that has to happen. Uh, and then it has to be the simplest form of upgrade you can possibly get, and it has to be giant, because otherwise they can't see it. So that, that, there's always a difference of opinion, and sometimes you can't coexist with those people afterwards. I definitely, I went to a, a birthing group before I had Ada, and they had a, a very different opinion to somebody else in that group. And at that point, they then decided we could not be friends because we had a different opinion. And it was awful. It was like this really... We've since become very good friends. But at that point, it, it just wasn't happening. She wouldn't talk to me. She wouldn't, be, she wouldn't connect with me just because we had a different view on something. And it was rubbish. So we are a really unique community of people who can do that. And it's hard, isn't it? Sometimes it's really hard because we have a very different opinion and we all have a line. Now, I wanted to tell you a little bit of a story that my dad told me this week, which I just thought was, was brilliant. He, he's been part of, he's been on his own journey in terms of deconstruction and what he believes and what he's not sure he believes anymore. And he's been a bit backwards and forwards with it. And he joined a Facebook group for people. I'm, I'm not going to tell you the name of the group because I don't want to shame them if any of them listen. But he, he brought, he joined this group where they suggested that they were very progressive in their thinking. And he started going to some of their meetups and he said some of them were really interesting and some of them not so interesting. And, and some of them brought some questions and some of them didn't. And um, he went to one not that long ago and they sort of present themselves that actually in these groups, people can bring forward an idea that they've had, a thought they've had. And it doesn't have to have been well-researched. It's just a thought they've had, and they can discuss it. And there was a guy who had turned up to this group, and he was quite new. And um, so a few people brought some thoughts, and then this man put his hand up. And, and I'm going to share his thought. It, again, it's like third hand, so it's even less thought through from my part. But he got up and he said, I had this thought about Barabbas. Now, for anybody who's not grown up in church, Barabbas was one of the other guys that was up for death at the same time as Jesus, uh, very much paraphrased that, um, he, <laughs> he, was gonna, he was potentially going to die. And Pilate decided he was going to give the people a choice to free somebody. And they apparently all chanted for Barabbas to be freed. And he was freed and Jesus wasn't. And this guy said he'd been doing some reading where he'd learnt that if you break the name Barabbas down, that Bar means son of and Abbas means the father. And he brought the question, he said, what if they weren't chanting for Barabbas the man to be freed, but the son of the father to be freed? What if Pilate made a decision to keep Jesus being killed on the cross um, and free Barabbas? What if Pilate misheard them or misunderstood? And he suddenly brought this idea. And my dad said, all these hands went up. Like, we've got questions. We've got questions. And he said, I thought it's going to be amazing. They're going to go, what a good thought. Let's take this out. Let's, let's discuss this. He said, they didn't. That's not what they did. He said, instead of asking questions, they started questioning this man's theology and where he'd found that. And did he really think that Jesus didn't matter anymore? And that the, what, where Jesus had been and the, the journey he'd taken, 
that, that it was just irrelevant. And my dad said he clearly crossed their line. That there was a point where we're inclusive, we're progressive, we're moving on. And he said something that just, they just took him down. My dad said it was awful. He said they sat there and like, they just went for him like wolves. And he said they were supposed to be this progressive, inclusive community. But there was a line and he crossed it. And I wonder whether, looking at all the last few weeks we've done, whether anything that's been set up here has crossed your line, whether there's a point where you've gone, okay, yeah, we're all friends, we're all good here. Actually, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I'm not sure I can get with that. I'm not sure I can do that. Now, I know for some of you, you're happy to say, well, let's go and have a conversation about that. That's, that's brilliant. But for some of us, sometimes you can just feel like, I don't even want to talk about that. Like, I'm, not, I'm really not sure. So we can be inspired by stuff, but also sometimes things cross our line. And I guess today what I want to encourage you is there's going to be some different thoughts brought in terms of what's inspired other people um, over the last th- few weeks. But actually, whether or not we... You, whether or not we have, you've got a different parenting technique to somebody, whether or not you've got a different political view to somebody, whether or not you're an Apple user or a carrier pigeon user, it, it, it doesn't really matter. We should be able to exist in this place, have a difference of opinion, have a different understanding of something and go, do you know what? Okay, I have a, I have a line and it's hard, but, and this bit's going to be really tricky, but I, I love you and I'm kind of, this is a safe place to coexist. Last week, Rob brought a slide, which I think, I don't know if it's been up already, but this. Um, it talked about a bounded set and a centered set. And, and I think sometimes the line that goes in a bounded set is the thing that people struggle when it's crossed. They're like, do you know what? You've crossed that line, so you're now out. And, um, and we don't want to have that here. And I don't think we do have that here. I think what we're aiming for is this centered set. We are a group of people who are constantly on a, on a, on a mission and on a a, a way to try and challenge some stuff, but also to coexist around a common seeking of truth. And I think whatever it is you hear tonight, just know that we're, there is a seeking of truth in this place. And you might feel that there's a line that, that's been crossed, but that doesn't mean there can't be a conversation around it. That doesn't mean there's not more to be understood or more to be heard. So enjoy your I nearly said evening then, and that's a long time ago. (laughs) Enjoy your morning. Enjoy what people have to bring. um, But don't let it cross a line. Actually, just believe that we are all seeking truth in all of this. Good morning. (laughs) I wasn't sure whether to wait for the light to come on then or not. Um, Is everyone feeling awake this morning? Good, me too. I mean, in the sense that I'm standing here. Um, But it was a late night again with this stuff. Honestly, it really was. We were out at about 11 o'clock, and I said, we've got to get up back. I've got to finish what I'm saying. And that's not because I'm leaving it till the last minute. That's because I've been on at it all week, and it still hasn't quite got there yet. But finally, I think at 3 o'clock this morning, it, it arrived somewhere where I thought I could, I could actually bring it. Um, so I've got some things to share with you about waking up. Uh, we'll have a look at what that means, uh, some Bible references, and a newish way to interpret something that Jesus said. Um, although it's not that new, and that's why I said newish. I think it's been discussed here before. Uh, a lot of this understanding that I've got um, is taken from a book I'm reading, which is called Awareness by Anthony DeMello. I don't know if you've heard of him, but it's worth a read. Um, and I'll put all my sources in the online blog if anyone wants to read any more on it. Um, and I'll also do that thing uh, at the end that people do here quite a lot, where they squeeze in the title of the next song into the last thing that they say. So uh, <laughs> look out for that. I've got the eye of the tiger. No, yeah, and I'm done. See ya. Um, so anyway, my hope is that you'll find it useful, inspiring, challenging, 
a waste of time, heretical, a load of rubbish, or some or all of the above. So there you go. Uh, so the video we've just watched, we used to play that every week, and it starts with the words, wake up. And I think a lot of things, by the way, still hold up in that video that we made. Um, although some of them I, would, I, could still, I could probably give or take, uh, which I think is healthy because uh, when we made the video some years ago, we didn't want it to become like a static statement of belief, uh, like a lot of churches have. Uh, we didn't want to be playing it every week forever, which is good because we have actually stopped playing that now. But I think it serves as a good reminder of our story here, even if we might have moved on from some of the things in it. Anyway, wake up. Wake from your sleep, your dreamlike state. Wake up from your illusions. Wake up and become aware of the ultimate reality, the reality of here and now. We can sleepwalk through our lives, and it's harder, especially nowadays, ever than ever to be aware and present. Um, to wake up is to change the state of your mind from unawareness to awareness. We sort of become conscious. I'm just going to stick my um, slides on. I forgot to do it. Now, I've got some of the stuff that I'm talking about just to have on the screen behind me. I haven't got an awful lot to actually show of it, but sometimes it's just nice to have a visual cue of what, where I'm going and what's, what I'm saying. So that should just appear in a second. And I did have some, other, some clips that I wanted to play, including Mr. Bean waking up, because that's quite funny, but I haven't actually really got time to cover that. Um, but I will say that when you're in a sleeping state, you know, you can end up with a lot of things piled on you. <laughs> and I don't know if this video is going to work or not, but there's this trend on TikTok and things like that where people are quite cruel. And what they do is they end up seeing how many things they can pile on their friend while they're asleep. But I just thought it was a nice, a nice thing because when you're in a kind of... <laughs> when you're in a state of sleep, you know, people can pile things on you and you're just kind of going through your life and you're accepting all this stuff that's just taking you out of the moment, basically. <laughs> Look at that, a fire extinguisher, we've got, got a hoover, we've got some lighting, everything. It's, I mean, I, th I think, Danny, you fall asleep a lot, don't you? I like to give that a go sometimes. Just give me a bell, Amy, next time he's dozed off. <laughs> anyway, but waking up is hard. It's usually not fun. It's a nice idea, like the idea of waking up sounds like a, probably a noble thing to do. Um, but we don't really want to do it because your bed is so comfy and warm. You know, it's irritating to be woken up, isn't it? Or I, <laughs> I find it very irritating. <laughs> this morning I was bombarded with questions. What did he say? He ran in and he said, he is my son, Rex. Daddy, um... Are the shops and the houses and everything in the planet? And I said, yeah. <laughs> I think so. Um, I lost where I was now. So yeah, it's irritating to be woken up. Um, we even do things like change our alarm clock to a nicer sound so it won't irritate us. But even though it's beautiful sound, eventually will start to do your head in. I've tried it. And there might be some people out there who get up all bright and breezy, and they're annoying as well. <laughs> you know, they're awake, and they're ready to go, and they're up and like, da 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 da, -da. But actually, you know, these, <laughs> these people who are awake can be really annoying to the sleepers as well. How can you be so happy to be up at this time? <laughs> He's one of them. 
<laughs> uh, so yeah, the, uh, the video ends by saying heaven is where we begin. And that's an interesting statement because in itself, uh, because heaven was always, like we always used to think of it as, as, as a destination and some kind of a reward at the end of your life for holding certain beliefs and behaving in a certain way. But that's not how Jesus talks about it necessarily. Um, does anyone know the first thing that the Bible tells us that Jesus said when he started his ministry? Like, what was his headline statement? There's a clue. There's a clue on the screen. He said, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Oh, no, not repent. <laughs> so, this is the headline of his ministry, his opening statement. So, repent is just one of those words, isn't it? Repent, turn or burn. Um, turn away from your sin or else you won't get into heaven. That's kind of like the common interpretation of repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, but actually, the New Testament was originally written in Greek. And so let's look at the word repent in Greek. Uh, it's this word, metanoia, which is written there in that, on that yellow card. It's, uh, yeah. It looks weird in Greek, doesn't it? Um, but actually, it's made up of two words, meta and noia. Uh, meta means a change, or beyond, or after. And noia means mind to think, apprehend, mental effort. So actually, metanoia essentially means a change of mind, a going beyond mind, a transcending of the mind, even after mind it could mean which implies quite a different meaning from the moralistic repentance that we're familiar with in traditional Christianity. Transcend your mind, change your thinking, go beyond, become aware, change the state of your mind from unawareness to awareness. Wake up, because the kingdom of heaven is here. So what is the kingdom of heaven? That's actually quite hard to answer. And when Jesus talks about it, he often uses parables to paint a picture of it. And often they need interpretation and context. But there's a few of them here. I don't know if you can read that from where you are. Um, but it's not, we can't cover all of them because there's loads. Um, and I won't try and interpret them all. But there are a few examples here. And they often point towards um, a letting go of things that keep the illusions going in our lives, basically. So often it's about selling all your stuff because something has been found that's worth much, much more. You know, people will sell all the things so they can buy this field where they found, discovered this thing called heaven. Um, it's, it's a surrender of the stuff that we've accumulated and that we hold on to. So in the example of the rich man, it's often interpreted as, well, rich people can't go to heaven, so, you know, sell everything and be poor. But actually... I'd say it's more about an unwillingness to let go of the things that we think are important, the illusions, the beliefs that stop us accessing heaven that's here and now and at hand. Like, I've got things that, in my own life that I don't really want to let go of, but I know that they're kind of holding me back from this. Um, you know, we don't want to wake up. I said it earlier. But the first step to waking up is actually admitting that we don't want to wake up. Some people get woken up by the harsh realities of life. Uh, we suffer so much that we wake up, basically. And other people, you might be aware of people like this, just kind of um, just keep bumping into life and continue sleepwalking. 
I know that I've been through times of suffering in my life, and yet in the midst of it, I was somehow able to feel an awareness and peace that I haven't felt since, actually. And I think it's because, like in my time of crisis, I had to let go of a lot. I had to surrender to a process. And I couldn't hold on to the things anymore, basically. And I think with that comes a kind of freedom and a different way of seeing the world. Um, and yet, it was a very unpleasant circumstance. Um, and also, I'd point out that I managed, to <laughs> I've managed to unlearn this and go back to sleep in many ways. It's it's a continual process. So, I liked what Jenny said a couple of weeks ago uh, about being born again and how it's not this kind of magical one-time thing and that you're sorted for life once you're born again. I mean, maybe it is that. I'm just giving you a, an alternative. But is it more of a continual process to keep being born again each day? And I like the idea of that. So what about those that don't get bumped by life or haven't suffered enough to wake up? Well, if the first step to waking up is admitting that we don't want to wake up, then I think the second step is a readiness to understand, to listen, to, to challenge your whole belief system, whether it's religious, political, social, psychological, the whole lot. And so you're in the right place to do that this morning here. Uh, we've created a space here that calls us to wake up to a new reality, the kingdom of heaven that's here and now, where we are truly living in the moment. <laughs> Thanks. Hello. Thank you. Oh, you've got it on, on for me as well. Thanks. Got a bit of a craven show this morning. For those of you that don't know, I'm Kelly, Kev's wife. I was going to say husband then. That's not right. Uh, and this week, it's be, become very apparent that we approach things very differently. <laughs> Kev's got all his neat boxes with all of his information, and I've just gone, bleh, they're all, those are all my thoughts on a page. Um, but I've kind of put it on this to try, is it up there? No, not yet. Do I need to do the pairing thing? Okay, thanks. Right, so hopefully I can kind of navigate around this when it comes and... Uh, use it as a base but basically I've had this thought that has stayed with me since um, the talk that Jenny did where she was talking about Q as an icebreaker and there were all the different pictures that Kev had drawn so that's where I'm starting at and she kind of posed the question has our icebreaking journey come to an end was that something that Chris and Anth um, is it not not playing yeah thanks also my tech support thank you very much um, yeah, was that something that Chris and Anth have done? Like, have they broken the ice, made the way, um, and is that it? And uh, the, the thing that came to me was about salt after that, and I was thinking how salt, uh, we use salt to melt ice, don't we? And I'm like, maybe the, the way is made, maybe now it's about making sure the ice doesn't reform and that we keep the path clear and, like, not slippy. And uh, the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, because salt actually makes things taste good as well. It's not just about melting the ice. It's about like living life to the full. And uh, do I need to like come off that? There we go. Woohoo, there we go. So those, that was one of the pictures. Um, and the, the expression that came to mind was this salt of the earth, uh, which 
I'm going to be honest, I wasn't entirely sure whether it was a positive thing or not. I'd kind of heard it and I thought, oh yeah, I think it's a good thing. Uh, I didn't really know where it came from. I had to go and research that. I was like, I think it might be a Bible. Oh, yep, Jesus said that. Yep. Sermon of the, on the Mount, is it? Yep. Um, but when I was doing a bit of Googling, it gave this as the definition. I don't know if you can see that. But um, if you refer to as salt of the earth, you're a person or group of people of great kindness, reliability or honesty. I just thought, well, that's great, isn't it? I, was like, I feel like that's quite fitting um, for Q in our, in our search to be kind of authentic and have integrity and stuff to be kind of reliable and honest and, and to do that with kindness. So I was like, yeah, great. I'm on board with that. Brilliant. Um, and then I looked at where it came from in the Bible. Um, and it says it in Matthew 5, verse 13. I think it mentions it in the other Gospels as well. Um, and it was saying that Jesus was addressing kind of common people. So it's not about you being special or anything. It's about everyone, your average drawer. We are all the salt. So he's talking to fishermen and shepherds. And in this particular snapshot that I've taken, it was talking about the value of salt and it being uh, meaning that we are worthy and virtuous. However, there are lots of other sort of interpretations and thoughts about that as well. Um, So I went and looked at the kind of full verse from Matthew, which reads, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its flavor, with what will it be salted? It is then good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the feet of men. And I was like, "Uh, that's not so good. I don't really like the sound of that. And I was thinking, right, okay, thinking on it. And then I thought, well, hang on. That, that's what you do, isn't it? You put it under the feet of men to melt the ice. Like, that, that is that thing. So I was like, oh, that's quite cool. Um, but also, I mean, this is a conversation, isn't it? Like, my Bible knowledge is very limited, I'll be honest. Um, and so I'm interested to hear what other people think on this and whether they've got an interpretation of what, what this might have meant. Um, interestingly, apparently, salt itself, sodium chloride, is extremely stable and cannot lose its flavour, its saltiness. Um, one of the things that salt represents is permanence. If you dissolve it in water and then evaporate that water again, you're still left with salt, and so it's, it's not changed, it stays the same. Um, where are we going to? So, other um, thinkings around what was m- meant by salt of the earth... Um, is disputed, apparently, because, in part, salt had a wide number of uses in the ancient world. Salt was extremely important in the time period when Matthew was written, and ancient communities knew that salt was a requirement of life. It was most used as a preservative. This use was important enough that salt was sometimes even used as currency. Um, The word salt, which I'm looking for Ruth, but she's not there. Uh, In Spanish, I think, is still sol, sal. Sal, yeah, Um, which gives us the word salary because people were actually paid in salt, uh, which is the expression, or he's really worth his salt or whatever. Apparently that's where that comes from. Um, And so there's this idea of salt preserving, in one version I read, the purity of the world. But I was thinking maybe it's about preserving the original message that Jesus wanted to bring, this like beautiful gospel without all the other stuff that's been added to it. Um, there's also a thought, if I can find it in these notes, um, 
that it was a, a minor but essential ingredient in fertilizer. And so some people think that the word earth should be translated as soil. And the meaning is we're supposed to help stimulate growth and positively affect the world. I was like, well, I like that as well. Let's have both. We can, you know, encourage growth and preserve Jesus' message. Um, Another little uh, fact, ancient people sometimes put salt on the wicks of lamps to increase their brightness. It's like, lovely. In that um, verse, it also talks, has been, talks about us being the light of the world as well. Um, yep, yeah, could all that. That's good. Let's move on. What else have we got? Right, so thinking about salt as um, a seasoning to make things taste better... I like this. If you know about the Enneagram, I'm a number seven. I'm all about living life to the full. So I was thinking, yeah, Jesus came to bring us life in all its fullness or whatever. So I was like, right, let's go find that. And then I was like, oh, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly or fully. Whoop. I was like, oh, okay. Thinking in Bible terms, I'm thinking like literally stealing and killing and, you know, you like read the Bible. It sounds quite savage really, doesn't it? And I feel like we're quite far removed from that in society today. Um, but the more I thought about it, I thought, do you know what? Whether you think of the thief as the devil, as a literal person or whatever, or more of just the meaning of adversary, which I think Anne's talked about before. I think we've probably all got that inner critical voice that kind of speaks to us sometimes, that probably tries to steal our peace, kill our joy, and destroy our confidence or self-esteem. I thought, it, it's still relevant, isn't it, to try to not let that take from us living life in all its fullness. Um, and also just to say, it doesn't say uh, he came so that we could be happy, which would be my interpretation. I like happiness. We like joy. But actually, it's fullness. It's experiencing all of what life has got to offer, all of the emotions, but actually getting through it in a way that sees us through. You know, it's that the faith, hope, love, like living life with all of that added on means that you can embrace life fully. So does anyone uh, want to hazard a guess as to what this picture might be depicting? Throwing salt over your left shoulder bit of a superstition thing does anybody actually do that apparently it's if you spill it you're meant to throw it over your left shoulder when I looked into it apparently it's to do with this painting that da Vinci did of the last supper um, and I'm guessing oh I can't zoom in anymore okay we might have to just leave it but um Three people to the right of Jesus. I think that's Judas. You might not be able to see, but he's spilling the salt basically in this picture. Um, and so this superstition has come about, um, so I've read, uh, that by throwing the salt over your left shoulder, you're actually blinding the devil who's like whispering in your ear. Always on your left side. Don't ever talk to your right ear. Um, uh, trying to kind of make you betray or do like do all you know get off track and by throwing that salt over your left shoulder you're kind of saying get away shut up and I thought that's that's a pretty cool picture isn't it because we could probably imagine that I'm not suggesting we literally go around throwing salt not sure that's a good idea um but yeah I quite like that I thought yep got on board with that right what else have we got so it didn't talk of any medical uses of salt in like the Bible stuff, but when I was looking at it, actually, salt's pretty important for our bodies as well. 
It helps you stay hydrated. Without there's like something in the salt that helps you, um, yeah, keep hydrated. It's got antiseptic and anti-inflammatory uh, qualities, which means it's good for cleaning wounds. Has anybody ever gargled with it? If they've got a sore throat or ulcers, all that kind of thing, it's re it's re it promotes um, healing. It apparently supports a healthy nervous system. The electrolytes conduct electrical impulses in the body, and so it's all about connectivity as well. Um, and again, the electrolytes can help with regulating hormones and improves your sleep. So it's like, there's all this stuff. Like, the more I looked at it, the more I found it. It's like, salt is amazing. Like, yes, we should be like salt. This is great. Oh, side note, it's only sea salt. Table salt is like chemically formed, but sea salt is natural. The, sea, the natural sea salt is quite good for you. Table salt, not so much, because that is an important point also. Too much salt is not good for you. It can be bad for you. And so we need to be measured with our amount of salt. Would anybody like to hazard a guess as to the percentage of salt in the ocean and also in our blood, interestingly, in our bodies? 10? Any other offers on 10? One, closer, it's only 3% generally, 3.5%, they all differ slightly. But that's, that's really tiny, isn't it? Yeah, if you, if you get the sea in your mouth, you can totally taste the salt, can't you? Like a little bit goes a long way. Right, what else have we got? Where is this, do you reckon? The Dead Sea, exactly. And what is special about the Dead Sea? It's the saltiest, yeah. And uh, it's really easy to float in the Dead Sea because of the high salt content. So you could say that the salt is quite uplifting. Yeah, thanks. Um, I've not told her I was doing this. I hope it's all right, sorry. My lovely friend Heather painted this and it's a really bad photo of the painting. The painting looks much better. Um, of the Rumi quote, you are not just a drop in the ocean, you are the entire ocean in a drop. And I, I just love that. Um, and it's gonna link into the, the next song we're singing. I've not quite got it, like this is my last line, polished, wonderful, like Kev was saying, but. It links. Um, and I just thought, oh, yeah, I love it. Thinking about, you know, saline, salt water, like we're all part of this body that is making the world taste better and all of that stuff. How am I doing? Do I need to wrap up? Okay. Also, you can take all of this with a pinch of salt. Do we know that saying? What does that mean? I think these days we kind of think, Oh, just discount everything they've said. It's not a worthy uh, source. Um, but I looked into this as well, and it was saying, actually, originally, it was more about like a, an, an anti-venom to poison or whatever. They were saying, when you're eating, take it with a pinch of salt, because that salt almost prevented you being poisoned by that thing. You know, if you think about uh, meats being cured by salt and how it preserves them and, and that sort of thing. And I thought, do you know, that's, that's a pretty good thing to think still isn't it like when we are hearing things if we take it with a pinch of salt as in we take quite a measured approach and we we think about it rather than just ingesting it completely and it may be poisoning us and we, we're a bit more thought through in our uh, in the way that we take on information so coming back to this, the salt as a seasoning I'm, I'm not very I tried to do like a, a slide deck and a powerpoint and I was like it's not going to work. My thoughts are all over the place. So I hope you're following me. I'm sorry it's a bit bitty. 
um, was this other verse, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And I just thought, oh, how lovely is that? Like, how, how lovely if Q can be a refuge, um, which means like a, a safe place away from danger. And I thought, actually, that, that comes back to that honesty and reliability and, and, and creating a place where people feel like they can show their wounds and that they're safe to do that and that you can be honest without fear of being judged or whatever. And um, I was listening to the Faithless song about um, this, this is my church, this is where I heal my hurts. And I thought, yeah, church is where you should come to heal your hurts, isn't it? You should be able to lay it bare. Um, and then the last verse that I found with a mention of salt, whoop, come on, stay with me, was this, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Have I got notes? There was more good notes about this, but it was talking about how when we speak, we should do it considerately and intelligently, and that you take a moment to think about what you're going to say. I mean, Anth's always talked, hasn't he, about how much power words have like how 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 much better off would we be if we tried to always speak with grace and with consideration and I like that it says that you ought to answer each one because each person probably needs to be spoken to a little bit differently you know we're all unique aren't we so to recap where's me uh so uh, we've got melting ice, we've got cleansing wounds as a preservative, like I said, in terms of, I think, trying to preserve that original sort of Christ message. The seasoning to draw out flavour and to make life good and really live to the full and the fertiliser to encourage growth. So as we sing this next song, which I think is just called Oceans, isn't it? We are the ocean, whatever. And it talks about coming together to make a wave I'm thinking about the salt water and that content of the salt and all of the amazing properties that it has and all of the things that it represents. Um, and I find that quite exciting. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Kev. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Beth. We have had some good stuff this morning. Um, when Beth started speaking, she was saying, this morning we're going to share what has inspired us recently. And that word, inspire, caught my imagination. I wonder what you think of when you think of inspire, but I think of inspire. Literally, you're breathing something in. So what have you breathed in this morning? Will you go out the door different than you came in because you've breathed in something that's actually become part of you and helped you? And there was a whole lot of good stuff there. Um, I just want to touch on some stuff before we wrap up with a song. Um, I listened to a podcast this week by, uh, that featured Rob Bell, and here Rob Bell was mentioned last week by Rob. And the podcast was called 13 Robs Ago. Um, and he was talking about how sometimes you can have a conversation and someone's like, oh, why did you do that thing a few years back? And he was like, oh, oh, wow. Yeah, that was 13 Robs Ago. As in, I've become 13 different people since then. I wonder when you look back a year, 10 years, 20 years, maybe more for some of you, are there older versions of you that aren't who you are now? Because um, I can definitely look back a few years and think, wow, I'm not that person anymore. And I think that's really good. Like Kev said with the video at the beginning, if I'm still the person I was and I haven't moved on and grown, then actually, is my faith actually making any difference? 
like it says in Romans 12, like be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Is, is this actually transforming something that's making a difference? Um, or is it just maintaining something where I'm stuck? Because the word religion means tied to something again. And the reason we talk quite negatively about religion here and critique religion is because we've realized that religion ties you to a thing. Um, and sometimes when things are really rocky, that can be helpful because you can feel like you're safe, you're tied to something. But actually it can also stop you moving forward. Um, so the idea of the salt of the earth, the thing that stuck with me from what Kelly said, is that salt uh, was a link to the word salary, which is a link to the word worth your salt, which is a link to the word valuable. So when Jesus gets up on top of a hill and speaks to a crowd of people, by the way, he didn't speak to a crowd of Christians. He spoke to just it's like going out in the middle of Micklegate or in Parliament Street. He was just talking to people, and he said, you are the salt of the earth. So the question, a question I want to leave you with this morning is, how valuable do you think you are? When you look at yourself in the mirror, do you think you are the salt of the earth? You have got what it takes to make a difference because of what you're made up of. Kelly put that slide on that you are the entire ocean in a drop. Now, for some of you, you might think, what does that mean? Like some old, I'm not sure where he was from, but old Rumi, wherever he was from. What was he talking about? For me, what it evokes in my mind is that whatever the divine is, whatever God is, whatever the orig original source of the universe is, that's the ocean. And all of that is in me. Or as it puts it in Genesis, you are made in the image of God. We used to have a phrase here, you are a unique expression of God in the earth. That should make you put your shoulders back, lift your head up high and walk a little bit different and know that every interaction you have, you can be a bit salty. You can add something beautiful into somebody's life. Um, but I think sometimes what that takes is an end of something. Kev, I'm about to do an amazing link into the next song, so take note. Um, <laughs> it takes the end of something in order to be able to embrace something else. You have to breathe out in order to breathe in something new each moment. Um, and this song is called The End of Me. And the whole point of the song is that sometimes there has to be an end of a certain perception of ourselves or a certain way of looking at the world so that we can breathe in something new. So another thing to consider this week is what do you want to breathe out? get rid of so that you can breathe in a new perspective of yourself, of others, of God, of the world, maybe of your perception of everything. Um, so may there be an end of you this week so that there can be a new version of you so that you can look back and go, oh yeah, that was a few Claire's ago, or that was a few Stuart's ago, or that was a few Bruce's back, you know, so we can have a new version of ourselves. Okay. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. Now, if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, then we would love to hear from you. Feel free to drop us an email to info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. Don't forget there are blogs and all sorts of media to be enjoyed at qyork.co.uk, which are welcome to browse at your leisure. Until next time, enjoy the quest. <laughs>